Laura, what do you think? Red, red card or not? I knew you were going to ask me this. Is that what happened? Or are you so, just saying, yeah? Because <laughs> No, so when, when the ball got played, like, as I've kind of turned and watched the ball, I've seen a keeper. Fly and I thought, Here we go, penalty. Because I thought he's just going to clap me here, so... Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another episode of the Super Six podcast. My name's Laura Woods, and as ever, we have bioconfirmed, but it's a very special week for him because you turned the grand old age of 21 this week. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. We're the same age. Like, we turned, I turned the same age as you this week, LW. So <laughs> that's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeez, I feel like I'm 38. Did you have a nice time? Yeah, it you was get good. Spoiled by family? Uh, nah, nah. Listen, it was it was good, man. They vibes me. Um, my little ones, they cooked. Um, it weren't nice, so we went out to eat outside. But it was the thought that counted. You get what I'm saying? Um, for now, man, it's always a beautiful thing when you're around the family. What so. did they cook? They went to try and cook like, um, like a toasty, so like um, beans toast with some cheese on it and then they wanted to make some plantain and that but it just it didn't go to plan let's just say it didn't go to plan for them like they burnt the toast <laughs> it so, didn't go to plantain yeah I come yeah. on what do you know about that cheese <laughs> <laughs> um, this week's guest uh, I mean it's a great time to interview him because he's going to have the game off tonight they're playing against Everton um, Ollie Watkins from Aston Villa who's just had such a great season I honestly I'm trying to think of a player that's been taken out of the championship, put in the Premier League and has had as good an impact as he has, Bio. Can you think of one? Nah, I was trying to think, did Mope, did Mope come and do that when he left Brentford? And I don't think he has. Mm. Um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm curious to, to ask him and see if he thought he would be able to do it. You know, just because I think he's taken every next step seamlessly. Um, and he's done this with the champ now. So um, I'm looking forward to this, man. Let's get into it. All right, let's go meet Ollie Watkins. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. This week's guest is now enjoying life in the Premier League and has made quite an impact since he joined. It's Ollie Watkins. Hello, Ollie. Hi, are you okay? Yeah, What's going on, well, buddy? You good? You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Good, 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 good. Okay, well, one thing that you might be able to complain about is the fact that you got sent off this weekend. We're going to get to it in a minute and, and ask you all these sorts of questions about refereeing in the Premier League and and. VAR and all that sort of stuff but I don't really feel like I want to start there I want to start with what life is like for you at Villa Park and how you just seem to have seamlessly made this transition from playing brilliantly in the championship to then banging in the goals in the Premier League like when you thought about that going on did you ever think that you were gonna settle in as well as you you have um I'd be lying if I said no I think uh, yeah, yeah. Let them know your mad coffee. Like here at Villas, <laughs> you've, you've got everything you need. Like the the training grounds, unbelievable, really. And like you've got everything you need to kind of push you in the right direction. And um, I always want to improve, so I feel like um, it's a perfect package for me. And yeah, it's going to help me uh, raise my game and, t- and take me to the next level. So um, I'm a little bit surprised as. How, how well I've played in, in some games. But, um, yeah, I feel like I've got good players around me and good people around me to push me in the right direction, like I said. So, in a way, I'm not surprised. 
I, I mean, I played against you and you as a winger and it just seems like your career, don't get the game twisted. I know you've put in the, the yards and the work, but it just seems you've hit life seamlessly. Like every hurdle or every obstacle or every next challenge, you've just hit it. And it's just, you've just took it in your stride. Talk to me about just the different levels and how, like LW said, you've hit the prem and it just seems like, yeah, yeah, it's nonchalant. It's nothing. It's light work. Uh, yeah, it has been hard graft, you know. I think the number one thing is just hard work. That's what I, I try and do. And I always, like, I, I'm always thinking ahead, really, and how I can improve myself. Um, I'm never comfortable. But uh, I think I found a position where, you know, my game can develop more and more and I'm always watching top players what they what they do best and I'm I'm looking on YouTube and little things. Oh just, thank uh, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just score a penalty in the championship. <laughs> Slight work to him. To be fair, I remember being sat in the stands uh when you played for it may have been Northampton against Exeter. Yeah. And the ball came. There's a long ball that got hit from the goalkeeper. And I don't know why our centre-back, like all centre-backs try and do, they try and fight you, which is just not going to work. But you shoulder-barged him. I think you chested down. Oh, yes. You know what? I was hoping you brought that up, Oli. I was hoping. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was the best goal <laughs> I scored in my season. And it was for AFC Wimbledon, by the way. But um, it's the best goal. I've never scored a better goal than that in my AFC career. Wimbledon. It was insane. I was 100% baller at the yeah. time. I'm telling you, it was crazy. Of I'm glad you said that though. That's my claim to fame. Say that. <laughs> let's let's make it about you. It's not but, about me, Ollie. It's about you. It's about you. <laughs> well, if we do make it about you a bit, Ollie, you just mentioned Exeter, and that was when you came through the youth academy. So 2003, age nine, like yeah. that's mad, really. And and then your breakthrough season was in the 2015-16 season. So you spent like quite quite a long time there. What what did you learn there? I learned everything, really. <sighs> yeah, where do I start? Oh, yeah, I learned everything. Um, a lot of it was just about development and we, we never played against the top academies really um, yeah so it was just yeah you're just focusing on development and just trying to break through into the first team not many players had, had really done that so that was kind of the, the aim to, to always do that from young um, yeah and just keep working really so um, <clears throat> like you said the development at Exeter. So actually, to be fair, I, I reached out to David Wheeler um, and David Wheeler was telling me about um, how even then he knew you was going to be a proper, proper problem in the game. Um, but so you was, you, you, your development was a winger, right? You was, you, you played out on the wing um, and then kind of converted you up front yeah. and then all of a sudden you haven't looked back. But David Wheeler did tell me to mention that you always got the ball because you screamed in such a high-pitched voice that everybody just gave you the ball. So, like, you know what I'm saying? You'll just keep quiet. This is what he threw out to me. I said, listen, if you're telling me that, <laughs> I'll have to tell him about that. But from then he said, you know what? You was hard on yourself. Like, when you missed the chance, when you missed the cross, you kind of, you know, you was always, you wanted more yeah. and you've touched on that. Um, so was that from Exeter or was that just always in you? I think it was always in, in me. You know, like, people... Uh, over the years, they could see if I'm if I'm beating myself up or not because my head would just go down if I've missed a shot. You know, I could have scored three goals and 
if I if I missed a clear cut opportunity, I'd still, you know, dip my head and and, and be annoyed with myself. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that's just just always been with me, and I think it it always will. But I've learned to manage that uh, a lot better now, and and try and forget about you know missed opportunities or mistakes, and and just uh, focus focus on the and the future because that's the that's the past. So next up, you joined Brentford and really everything that you did at Brentford still, I just think is brilliant. You lost two playoff finals in three years. That's what's not brilliant about it. But what was the experience like of, of losing one and having to get over that and then another one? Yeah, it was, I think the sad thing, the, the sad thing about it was I knew both clubs that if I didn't get promoted with them, then I was probably going to leave. So that was the sad part. And obviously losing any playoff final was was horrible but I feel like I've not really played in a proper proper final the first one there was no um there was not many fans you know I think all the black Blackpool fans are uh, boycotting the game mm. um and then so it felt kind of like a reserve a reserve game in a big stadium and then obviously the, against Fulham there was there was no fans at all so I felt like I'd never really played in a proper proper final but um Obviously, the games are very important. It's a shame we we lost, but then again, everything happens for a reason. And if we didn't, then I wouldn't be here uh, at Villa. So. Did you take anything from? So, 2017 was the first one, the League Two one. Did you take anything from from that loss and how to process it to then kind of make it different to to the next player final that you're involved in? Yeah, I can remember because I was still quite young at Exeter, um, and there was people I'd never even seen before. They were they were coming to our um, our hotel, dropping champagne off um, before the game, uh, putting it on the coach for saying, oh, this is for when you win. So all I could think about was, oh, I can't wait for when we win and we party after. I never thought about what it'd feel like to lose and and how and how bad it would feel. And um, I just took that into the the Fulham game and tried to tried to reiterate to that to some of the lads who haven't played in the final, um, you know, how, how bad it is to lose and, and what it's going to feel like if we do. Um, yeah, and we did lose, so. At least you prepared them for yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The worst thing is I was going to say this. I was going to be like, yeah, at least you prepared them for it, brother. Jeez. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. But um, I'm, sure I'll, I'm sure I'll win something in the future and it will make up for it. What I want to know is, tell me from a player's point of view, the fact that, because it actually happened to me, So, but I want to know how you dealt with it, knowing that regardless of what happens, you're going to leave the club at the end. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was never definite, but it was more likely. So what was your frame of mind at that? Like, oh, you know what? I really want to do well because regardless of what, I'm going to leave. So how was that? How was your, your mindset going into it? You know what? I, I didn't actually want to leave, but I just knew I had to. So I was doing all I could to, you know, get promoted with Brentford because that would have been unbelievable playing in the Premier League with Brentford, play such good football, and I was I was happy at home and and everyone around me. It was a it was a it was a really nice club to be at. But I just knew deep down if if I if we didn't do it, then I would have to leave to you know to pursue my career and, and push on to the next step. 
let's talk about that because Dean Smith obviously is the the big connection there. Um, how much of a draw was he to to going to Villa? Did that help you make your mind up? Were there other clubs that were interested? Yeah, there was quite a few. Um, there was quite a few few teams, and um, can you name them? Name names, brother. Yeah, name and, names. Yeah. Uh, Come on, tell us. There was Leeds. Leeds were interested in me, but then they signed uh, Rodrigo. Um, Tottenham were interested in me. But did you feel like if you went to Tottenham, you wouldn't be the main starter? So did you feel like you'd, you'd go and you'd sit on the bench there or what? Yeah, they they made it clear, you know, if Harry Kane's fit, he's going to play. So um, I did have that in the back of my mind. But then they said, they, you know, with the schedule in Europa League, there's a lot of games coming up. Yeah, I had big decisions to make, but in the end, I feel like I made the right one, and and the gaffer was a, a huge part in, in bringing me to Villa. Really, um, I'd worked with him. I had such a close relationship with him at uh, Brentford. Some of the lads used to say, "Oh, oh, your dad wants you." If he was, <laughs> what times dinner? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know them. Um, <laughs> what I want to touch on is the move um, from you being a winger to you being a striker and and that that you know for me all of a sudden and now and it's not me blowing smoke anywhere you know what I'm saying like you are one of the most feared strikers now in the Premier League you've done it in the champ and now you're doing it in the Premier League so was talk to me on that so was it Dean Smith that was the one that said look you know what I'm going to try you up front and then you just bang goals like it's easy um, because it's not I'm just throwing you out there because our strikers we work hard then you get me but um that, for me, that's what I want to touch on. So, move, score goals, and then do the Prem, score goals. So, that's for me is, was it hard? Did you have to change up your game? Yeah. I mean... I remember when the gaffer was at, at Brentford, he used to play me up front every now and then. He would just randomly put me up, up front and Neil Mopai is at Brighton. He would just put him on the bench and sometimes I'd play up front and I wouldn't expect, like, we both wouldn't expect it. Um, but I would, I could play unbelievable um, run the defence ragged, but still wouldn't score. I would, ne- I would never be in the like the natural goal scoring positions. I would never be in the box really. I always wanted to feed, and then I get subbed off, and then within five minutes Neil would come off the bench and score like a tap in. And I think that's what was that's what was missing in my game really. Um, just I was I wasn't in the natural. I didn't have that natural instinct of where the ball was going to drop. So it wasn't until the season after in pre season where we were meant to sign a couple of strikers and they fell through on deadline day. And I ended up playing up front. And then we, I did all right. We signed a, another striker and then his first game, he, he did his ACL. So he was out for the rest of the season and we couldn't sign anyone until January. So I ended up playing up front in my, in my final year at Brentford and, that, and then that's when I ended up scoring and, and kind of getting a run of games and, and then I ended up doing really well. How hard is that? You can both explain this to me because obviously I'm not a footballer, but you you can see sometimes with with players whether or not they have that natural instinct to, like you say, pick pick the right positions, be in the right areas, and, and the timing and all that. And usually they they either have it or they don't. So how how did you get it if it wasn't something that you had before? You know what? I I actually watched um, Neil Mopai because he he. Uh, scored a lot of goals the season before I was a striker and just his movement in the box he was always on his toes and and then um, I tried to watch like other strikers as well because I knew I was going to be 
well, when I knew I was going to be playing up front that year, I, I wanted to score the tap-ins because you can't score a worldie every week. So, yeah, I just watched I, I just watched things closely and um, I feel like I've developed my game now to, to be in the box and, and predict where it's going to land. But I think still, you know, sometimes I drift out wide and I'm, because I'm used to having it on the wing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's weird. I'm still actually learning the position. For me, I ain't gonna lie, man. That's I watched you in, especially the championship season when you were just banging goals, and it was all different types of goals, which was, which was refreshing. You know what I'm saying? I was like, right, this, you know, he's a winger. Wingers generally don't like to head the ball, and I was like, right, this guy's scoring headers and and banging and going out on the wing and cutting in. And I just think that yeah. just because you started out wide, it's just it's just give you another dimension. And listen, we're, every day is a learning day. We're we're constantly learning, but I just think. Like LW said, it's hard to be able to transition from one position to another, and you've done it seamlessly. So, real talk, man, y'all should be proud of that. Um, and then just kind of do it against my team. So I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm slightly, you know, I don't like you because you did mash up my yeah. team. Um, so I'm still holding a little bit of grudges towards you and that. Like, <laughs> you know, don't 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 do that to Liverpool again. You get what I'm saying, brother? Don't do it. Don't don't do it again, brother. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, where where did that performance come from? And for you as well, to, to go off the pitch, did you have to sit there just for a while and just go, I just scored a perfect hat-trick and I did it against Liverpool champions? I think when it was more when I got um, when I got home. I just walked through the front door with a uh, hat-trick ball <laughs> and my wash bag. And I was just, yeah, I was just speechless, to be honest. Especially when you just look at, when you realise what, what had happened and uh, my phone was just like pinging constantly. It's just, yeah, it was crazy. When you're in a game like that and, and like one goal goes in and then another one and you're just like, oh, hang on a minute. Do you, are you looking at each other on the pitch and going, I can't believe this is happening? Or were you all just in that real sort of ruthless phase of you're like machine-like almost? Uh, yeah, it got to a point where... They weren't like this as well. We were like, this is easy. Does anyone know? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, no. I want to jump in. <laughs> when it got to four, I can remember John McGinn, like, I think I I set up Jack and and then Jack scored. He's like, oh, I'm buzzing. I got you in my fantasy team. <laughs> Who said that? John McGinn? <laughs> yeah, John McGinn. Like, all the boys are like, yes, I got you in my fantasy. No. Why are you on the pitch? Yeah, while well, on the pitch. Like, I think it was about six... Six two at this point, I think. Why do you think it was that day that Liverpool not only didn't turn up, but what made it easy for you? Uh, I think the start we had. I think we scored within like the first minute. Yeah, in the first minute, and then um, I don't know. I think we were just frustrating them. Really, it's always hard to play against a team that just kind of sits behind the ball and plays on the counter attack. No matter what team you are, it's always hard. So, yeah, we did that. And then it seemed like whenever we went forward, we always looked like we were going to score. What it looked like to me, and uh, listen, I've been in teams where we've been the bigger team and I've been in teams where we've been the smaller team. And it just, I felt they they underestimated you. That's what I felt. I felt that, you know, they thought they was going to turn up and just win. And bruv, when I mean y'all gave my team a whooping. And I remember Salah scoring. So I was like, yeah, here we go. Fix up Liverpool. Here we go. And then it just seemed like you lot got angry. 
And then just, 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 why? I was one of the DW was texting me and I was like, text him. When, when David Wheeler, I was like, text Ollie, yeah, tell him if I see him on the street, it's going to be a problem. I'm telling you, brother, brother, it was a battering. Yeah. I think it could have been 10 as well. And that's not yeah. even, that's not even me exaggerating as well. It, it, I think it generally could have been 10. I've got a good stat for you, Ollie. You've probably heard this already. So it was Liverpool's heaviest defeat in 57 years. Sorry about this bio. And you scored against Liverpool again in April. So that made you the first player since Andre Arshavin in 2008-2009 season to score as many as four goals against Liverpool in a single Premier League season. It's a bit of a mouthful, that stat, isn't it? But it's nice for the same. That's good, though. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you, look at how you're smiling there, bruv. Easy, man. What are with you? Um, when you said you're going to join Aston Villa, at the time, before the season had even started, they'd obviously been like, they were just so close to going down. So close to going down. Was there was there a part of your mind that was worried that you could join this side, your first season in the Premier League, and then you could get relegated? Or did you know enough about what was going on behind the scenes? And, you know, you talked about that confidence that you have in yourself as well, that you could come to this side, you saw what they were missing, they needed goals, and you knew that you could make that difference. Yeah, of course. I thought um, it's only human. Everyone, Every player in, in, in my situation would, would think about, you know, the worst and uh, and, and getting relegated. That's, that plays a part in the decision, but... You know, the gaffer come at me with um, loads of statistics and analysis and showed they actually create a lot of chances. It was just about keeping the ball at the back of the net, really. And, and if we could do that, then, you know, we'd be in a much better position. So I trusted him. Um, and then I felt like the trust he, he showed in me by paying a big fee um, that I would kind of, I would definitely help the team, you know, with running in behind and, and different things. So... Um, I feel like I've I've done that. All right, let me ask you a question, player to player. Um, so, listen, we've all generally got a confidence in our ability, but did you know that you would do this well in your first season in the Prem? No, I didn't think so. I knew I was I knew I was capable of scoring goals and 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 stuff like that because you see players come up from the Championship and 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 score, but um, yeah, I didn't think. I wasn't putting too much pressure on myself because there was already quite a big big amount of pressure with the price tag and, and stuff like that. So I didn't want to add any more pressure to myself. So the levels. So you've played in all of the levels. Don't know, I think you leapfrog League One. But I think you played in all the levels. So you played in the lower leagues, you played in the champ and you played in the Prem. What's the biggest difference that you've noticed jumping up into playing in the Prem? I think you get punished more from your mistakes. So... If you give the ball away, you are you could be you could be all over a team and uh, and playing really well, but they just need one chance and then they score and it's one all and the games change completely. So yeah, definitely more ruthless in the Prem. With all the the scrutiny as well, that I suppose comes in the Premier League. I, I imagine it's just like a, a whole new step up. You suddenly get criticised and critiqued on every little thing that you're doing on the pitch, off the pitch. So sometimes it's quite nice, isn't it, to hear some positive things that people are saying about you. And we found this one. Robbie Fowler has been speaking to the press uh, this week, and he reckons that Liverpool should put in a bid for you. Even though I imagine the Villa fans that are listening will go, wow, hang on a minute. Just hypothetically, how does that make you feel when you hear a legend like Robbie Fowler saying that? Yeah, I think it's always it's always nice to be uh, complimented. And when, yeah, people say good things about you, who, do, who doesn't like it? You know, but I can't really 
I don't really let things like that get get to my head. I only um, I only believe it when I when I see it, kind of thing. How do you deal with negativity? How do you deal with people getting at you? Are you if you're on social media? How do you deal with it? And are you a player that needs to arm around the shoulder or a bollocking? And you're like, all right, cool, I'll show you. Like, how do you deal with? It? What's what's your process? I don't feel like I'm like that now. I, I don't need a, an arm around my shoulder. I know if I've had a bad game or a good game. So um, even if you come off the pitch and you scored three goals and you missed one chance, people should say people will say, "Oh, you, you should have scored four. So no one's going to be, you know, happy. Someone's always going to have something to say. So if I'm ever on social media and I feel like I'm getting a bit of abuse, I'll, sometimes I just. Um, I'll, I'll just delete the app for a few days or or I think if you go searching for it, you're going to find something, but you can you can kind of ignorance bliss and you can kind of avoid it. I've got my comments turned off, so only close people that I want to hear from um, after the game or whatever can comment on my photos. So, yeah, I just try and be a little bit, a little bit smarter about it and minimise it as much as I can. Do you know what? I, I've learned this as well with social media. So since my career is kind of in a similar way, you, you, you're almost like a bit of a punching bag sometimes, aren't you, for people, especially in football, because football is yeah. so tribal and so opinionated. And um, I learned this. I can't even remember who said it, but it was a footballer that said, or even a manager that said, look, you can't get too excited about the highs. And equally, you can't get too downbeat about the lows. So you have to kind of take them equally. And then I I do loads of stuff. Like I'll watch loads of, um, I'll listen to podcasts from other people in different industries and, and watch things. And there is one thing that I've learned is that if you only allow yourself to be judged by somebody that has lived the same experience as you, you do feel a lot better about life. So like, you know, like Dave sat in his basement in his underwear telling you what a, a crap footballer you are this week, what a bad yeah, presenter yeah. I am. Um, unless you've done it, Dave, and you get dressed and leave your house once in a while, yeah. why am I allowing him to to come into my kind of thought process? Yeah. But it is hard sometimes to do that, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're only human. And, you know, if, if it was someone like Ronaldo saying, oh, Watkins needs to work on his finishing, I'll go, yeah, all right, I do. But <laughs> if it's... Uh, Mate down the pub, the one who goes, oh, I was such a good footballer back in the day. If only I'd stuck with it and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> and I, was, him, I got an injury. Yeah, <laughs> you can't give them the time of day. So sometimes I want to stop myself. Sometimes I have to stop myself because I want to comment back on Instagram and just say, all right, mate, you know what? I'll give you my shirt. You play this week and then, and then we'll see what happens. I love that, man. I love that. You Look, I'll tell you this. LW knows. See, I... All them people, I always look at it like this. If you won't take advice from them, why take their why take their energy? You understand what I'm saying? So I'm so with you. All these people that want to be able to watch the game and say, oh, you're this, you're that. It's like, brother, you haven't even made it. So brother, why am I even going to give you the time of day? So I'm with you on yeah. that. I'm, with you. I'm, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so with you on that, brother. I swear down, man. I know as well that I just said that we weren't going to um, we weren't going to accept too much high praise in the same way that we don't accept a lot of, a lot of criticism and everything's level headed. But I just want to um, do it for a minute because obviously, like if, your season's just been amazing. So 
Villa just went on this incredible run where at one point we were kind of like you guys were like way up there and you had all these games in hand as well and it was like oh my god and and obviously Jack's injury is going to hit any team as well that, that rely on someone like Jack in the way that they do but still like in that time that you haven't had him you're still winning games and, and you're still really like making a, an, an amazing account for yourself this season especially when you consider the difficulties that Villa went through last season before you arrived and a few other people as well but also like your season is included being named in Southgate squad for the first time that was in March which must have just been like that must have been a pinch yourself moment how did your family react and how did you feel and how did you get the call there's so many questions sorry I know um sorry no so the um the thing is I I actually didn't tell my family until so they found out when everyone else found out because I think there was trouble before and there wasn't meant to be, uh, I didn't want it to get leaked or anything like that. So mm. they just found out when uh, everyone else found out, which was, I think for them, it was actually quite, it was actually quite good because they probably would have said something way before anyway. So uh, as soon as, as soon as the England squad you know, list come out, my phone was just, it's never been, never been like that before. It was just like, I couldn't click on a message because the next one was just coming through and yeah, it was just crazy. But to be involved in the England squad, I think I didn't, I just didn't expect it. So going into the start of the season, I just thought, you know, I want to focus on club and, and, and just doing really well and justifying my price tag and playing good football. I never thought about England. There's so many, you know, good players and, um, yeah, at top clubs. I, I just didn't think I'd be involved in, in the setup so soon. What ranked better? Just that initial feeling, that hat trick ball when you walked in the house after scoring against Liverpool, or that phone call from Southgate saying, "Yo, you're in the squad." What 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 feeling was just like? Whoa. The thing is, I didn't get a call from Southgate. It was actually from the um, secretary here at Villa. But I would say my the England goal that I've, I've never had a better feeling than that. I was gonna, I was gonna touch on the England goal. I, I was just, I was gonna touch on the England goal. I was just, the, 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 I say that though, because I get that, I get that. All right, talking about the England goal. All right, so you know how nervous if you was. So when you walked in and it's the elite, you're, you're now in England and you're with the elite. Like, was you nervous walking in, and then was you nervous in your first training session? Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I was nervous walking in. I didn't have a kit. I just turned up in my jacket. Uh, everyone's in England kit, and then, and then I kind of like I said to myself, like everyone's like around my age, or some people are even younger than me. So, like, there's no need to be nervous around them. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I thought, whatever happens, uh, whatever happens, happens. Like, if I have a stinker then I have a stinker, just, you just got to embrace it. And I didn't put any pressure on myself. So I felt like I trained better actually, because um, I wasn't putting, I didn't have any high expectations and yeah, I just got on with it. Who were like the welcoming people in, in the team? Did, who were the ones that made you feel better about the fact that you didn't have the kit and you didn't <laughs> you had to turn up in your own clothes? Um, to be fair, I got to the, uh, I got friends with the kit man and, and got made sure I got out that kit show. <laughs> the new kit show away. But, um, no, I think, I think Ty, Ty um, 
put his arm around me because obviously uh, we're here at Villa together. Um, and Connor Cody. Did he lend you a kit? Didn't he? Didn't he say I've got some spares? Here you go. No, See how no, tall no. he is, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, the kit would have dropped um, like, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so who else was? Who else was a good guy? Oh, Luke Shaw was. I was close to Luke Shaw. He's um, yeah, he's a good guy. So I was just chilling with him most of the time. Is there a WhatsApp group? Is there an England WhatsApp group? I haven't heard about this, but I'm looking at my notes here, and apparently there's an England WhatsApp group. Yeah, there is, but not like I think it's just no one really talks in it or anything like that. It's just <laughs> uh, you know, where just all the schedule gets sent through. Oh. So I wish I wish there was a bit of advantage to give you, but no, what happens? What happens, for example, if if someone gets dropped from the squad, you get like cut from the. That's what I was going to ask. Do you get like Ollie Watkins left, or I mean, what's the dilly? No, no there's still players in there from a while ago. I think. No way. Yeah, they just don't want to leave. They're like, I'm just going to hold it. There's probably ones that have been retired for five years that are still in there. No, no, it's just um, you never know. Like you never know. You can get another call up. So. I so yeah. you touched on you touched on the goal in it like and it's, it's what dreams are made of it like I, I I I get it so just talk us through that feeling of scoring for England. You know what I think when I was going on I thought oh please just like I just want one opportunity just one. I think the first ten fifteen minutes I was I was looking for the ball and no one was passing it to me like I was dropping to the halfway line <laughs> literally I just wanted a touch. Just a little set, nothing. Um, <laughs> but but I thought uh, you're going to get an opportunity. Just keep sailing around the box, and then Phil picked the ball up, and then um, yeah, I slotted it in. And oh, it's the best feeling when you when you turn around and all the boys obviously they know it's your debut and scoring on your debut tops it off. So they all come running around to me, and yeah, it was the best feeling ever. Who's the best one that you played with in that team? The one that you go, oh my god! Like the amount of time. I know you play against them week in week out, but it's different, isn't it, when they're on your side? Um, Phil Foden, Mason Mount. I think they're the two that, yeah, just feel so silky. Like, yeah, it's, you can't get the ball off him. It's mad actually watching him. I watched him in the League Cup final against against Villa actually a year before you came, and he was just uh, he was man of the match that day, and he was he was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. You haven't played in front of fans. And I, I guess that's the only drawback. You know, Villa Park, the fans, is meant to be one of the, the stadiums where it's it's crazy. You know, England scoring with, on your day with no fans. I guess that's the one drawback to this season. Yeah, I think so. You know, especially the, the game against Liverpool. Imagine if there were fans there. and No, we're not imagining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, yeah, just imagine if fans are there and the whole end is just um, going off. That would be, yeah, that, that would have topped it off, I think. But um, hopefully next year we can we can you know kick on and, and and then perform in front of the fans because the last time they would have seen it was was when uh, the lads weren't doing so great um, in the early part of the season before they stayed up. So you know, hopefully it's complete opposite and. Uh, it's a it's a good vibe around the ground. So you guys are still chasing that top half finish, and I was at I was at the game at the weekend actually, where you got sent off second bookable, and it was like against Manchester United, 
And it was a really weird one for me, actually, because I was watching and, and you can hear the commentary and all that sort of stuff as well, obviously. And basically, you got booked for diving in that. And I don't know, from where I stood, I didn't think it looked like a dive. I thought it meant, I thought it looked like you were trying to kind of like, Dean Henderson was coming, coming rushing out towards you and you almost were sort of anticipating there's going to be contact there and more like protecting yourself. So... What was it like? Tell us from from your perspective what happened. I'm just expecting the contact really. He has he has touched me, but then he's pulled away, and I expected him to you know touch like touch me more and, and yeah, momentum would take me over. But I've looked back around. I've not even appealed for it. I think he's given me a penalty, and then he ended up booking me. But you know there was no intention for me to dive. I just you know looking back now, maybe I should just let the keeper wipe me out and. Or even even that, because if not, I would have just I would I would have just kept going and, and scored. I think I would have shot and and scored if I knew he was going to pull his leg away. But I got a stupid yellow card anyway at the start, and yeah, these things happen. But I think I'll just learn from it, and I'm not too down about it. I think just pick myself up and go again. I actually thought it was a pen. I, well, I, I actually done my research because, you know, I'm professional now. Um, and I actually thought it was a pen. I, I, like, <laughs> honestly, I thought it was a pen. And the flip side of it is like, so if you continue and not anticipate the full force, but God forbid, you could get real injured. So you, you take into consideration that, all right, look, yeah. If I just continue to the momentum into him, we both could be injured here. So I actually thought it was a, a clean pen on my yeah, motion. Yeah. So we're going to finish up with a game that um, the producers like to call "What's What." Can you can you see why they've done that? Something to do with your surname? Well, I don't What's know. What? I thought it was quite clever of them. Double entendre. Okay, here we go. Quick game. It's called "What's What" with Ollie Watkins. Best player you've played with? Yeah, Jack Grealish. Best player you've played against? De Bruyne. Who do you sit next to in the changing room? Uh, Ross Bartley. What's he like to sit next to? Yeah, he's a good, good guy to be fair. Um, he's he's actually he's actually quiet. Like people probably think he's like a loud scouser and that, but he's nice. No, he's, he's he's just chill. He's a good guy. Play with the best banter. I don't want to give him it, but he's the biggest joker, John McGinn. <laughs> <Is he? laughs> I don't want to give him the best banter. Shout. <laughs> he's got dad jokes. Call him but... a clown. He's the best uh, clown he can be. Yeah. Who's the best trainer? El Ghazi, I'd say. Favourite ground to go and travel away to? I want to say Spurs, but I haven't been there. So we'll go for Burnley. No, I'm joking. More. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Burnley fans. LW said Burnley. Jeez. Oi. Yeah, no. Uh, old. Old Trafford. Really? Yeah. Old Trafford. Old Trafford. That's a good shout. We only had Sean Dyche off last week, but literally came on last week and I'm quick to forget, aren't I? <laughs> Burnley. Sorry, Sean. Um, okay, worst teammate to sit next to on the coach? Worst teammate? Trying to think we would just talk my ear off. Uh, I'll probably have to say Douglas Louise because he doesn't speak English, so I don't feel the conversation would be that great. <laughs> God bless him. So he just sits on his phone. It's like, oh. um, who spends the longest time looking in the mirror? Oh, I've got a few, you know. Jack's in there a lot. Uh, Matty Cash. Oh. Courtney. Courtney Horse. Yeah. He's them, got man. some like. He's got some skincare routine. He's got his wave and. He's got a skincare uh, routine as well. Good on him. <laughs> 
Where are you on that list? Nah, nah, I'm not up there. Are you sure? (laughs) Nah, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) What about Biggest Diva? Tyrone is a diva. He could complain about anything. Man, dear. Like, what sort of stuff? Oh, like, we could be anywhere. Be like, oh, look at the hotel. We could be staying in the Corinthia in London, and he'd be like, look, just look at it. It's too, it's, the windows are too dark. It, like, he play <laughs> honestly. This hotel room is too large. Yeah. Corinthia is amazing, though, isn't it? Um, who is the worst dressed? Oh, there's a, John McGinn. John McGinn. I think, I think so. I think so. Like he, he, he don't come in, he, he doesn't wear jeans because he's got like chunky legs and they're just like, I think he wears like boot cut jeans, like straight leg jeans. He just wears shorts all year round. <laughs> that is amazing. Who do you think the best dressed is? I'll just go for my boy, Matty Cash. Just say he is. And finally, favourite player to watch when you were growing up? Thierry Henry. Baller. He's the best. Best. No one's come close to him either, I think. Yeah, he's an Arsenal fan. He scored against Arsenal. How did I not know Hey, do your research. Do your research, you know. Hey, Oli, I do my research. you coming to Arsenal then? I do my research, broski. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> My research is deeper than that, though. I never do. I never. I never do who they support. Would you? What? What would? You, okay, fine. So let's throw into the mix when all those teams were after you. Spurs were in there as well, which now makes sense why I didn't want to go there. If Arsenal were in there, would you have gone to Arsenal? Oh, put man on the spot, you know. Jeez. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on. yeah. Hey, no, come on, my man. granddad, all my family, all my family. Um. Yeah, I even I even said it when I was at Brentford. I think in a in a in an interview I got asked. I said it it was is a dream to play for Arsenal just because I loved them since um growing up. So tell you what, you'd suit what they need at the moment. So <laughs> well, when when you scored against, did you celebrate? Yeah, of course. I say none. I'm just checking, brother. Just checking. Say none. <laughs> 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 right, Ollie, thank you for coming on today. Oh, my brother, bless. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Um, and um, how long are you out for? Is it just one game? Yeah. Did you just get, just get, just one game, miss so one game? Hopefully back for, back for Sunday and um, play a part in, in getting a, a win against Palace. Finish strong, brother, blessings. Ollie Watkins, thank you very much for your time. There we have it then. Ollie Watkins to Arsenal. Agent Woods, let's make it happen. Like you put him on the spot there. I ain't going to lie, you put him on the spot, but he handled it well still. <laughs> <laughs> he did. What a top guy. Really enjoyed yeah, that. Good people. Um, great season he's having as well. And you know what? If you go to the Euros, it'll be well deserved. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Right, Bio, let's do our picks then for round 55, our Super 6 fixtures. All you guys listening need to do is download the Super 6 app, create an account, play for free and predict the scores of six chosen matches and you could win a whopping £250,000 this very week. Also, if you invite your mates to join Super 6 and they go on and win something like the jackpot, then you get £25,000. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. So, bio, here's our fixtures this week. First one, Southampton playing Fulham, newly relegated Fulham. (sighs) 
Fulham has deflated Southampton a win against Palace recently. I'm going to say 3-1 Southampton. I'm going to say Danny Ings back involved, scoring goals again, 2-0 Southampton. Chelsea, Leicester, race for top four right there. Yeah. I don't know what I want that year. I think I want Leicester to win this. Then Liverpool can maybe try and catch them. Uh, um, I'm going to say, hard oh, down, 2-1 Leicester. Oh, see, I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. Yeah, okay. I think that's what uh, Brighton, West Ham. 2-0 West Ham. I'm going to say for this one, 2-1 to West Ham. Okay. Crystal Palace against Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins will be back for that, you know what I'm saying? And we just kind of gave him that oomph oomph that he needs. Um, so I'm going to say 2-1 Villa. Do you know what? I'm actually going to say 2-0 to Villa. I think that, yeah, I think Villa are trying to get places. And I'm not sure Palace are, didn't show a lot of fight last game. I watched them in. So I'm going to say 2-0 to Aston Villa away from home. Spurs, Wolves. It's been a good game, this one. Um, but I think... It's going to be 2-1. Spurs is going to score two goals in the first half. Wolves are going to come out second half better and score one, but it won't be enough. 2-1 Spurs. They always do sort of come back out in the second half. Yeah. The Wolves. That's a good scoreline, that one. I am going to go for a 1-0 Spurs win for this one. Okay. I think they're due a result. So 1-0 to Spurs against Wolves. Our final one is West Bromwich Albion, also newly relegated, against Liverpool, who are still clinging on to hope they can make top four. That's your team. Yeah, um, I think Sam Allardyce is going to keep them fired up, um, but I do think Liverpool are going to win 3-1. I'm going to say a Liverpool 2-0 win for that one at the Hawthorns. Even though West Brom took Chelsea apart recently, I think Liverpool will do this one. So there you have it. Okay, that is it from us. Thank you so much to Ollie Watkins for being a brilliant guest. I really enjoyed that, B. Yeah, man, it was cool, man. Shout out, Ollie. Go do your thing. Finish strong. Hey, right, listen, people, remember, we're on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Super6. Mm-hmm. And if you're enjoying our podcast, hit the like and subscribe button and you get it automatically downloaded every week. You can give us a review if you want. You can drop us five stars. That'd be really nice. That is it from us this week. Bye, I'll see you next week. Everyone listening, see you next week too. Take care. Peace.